on guard. On guard, you say that? You say that to us? Your close friends? You say things like that? Are we closer? Are we closer now? What book? Oh no, no. Oh, gee whiz. Oh, hello everyone. It's Demonstrate the Loop. We're a Magic the Gathering hmm. podcast that does everything from deck text discussions to set dissections. And we've got a juicy one today. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's <laughs> We've got one today. We've got one today. It's a discussion, y'all. We're going to be having a nice discussion. We're going to be talking about player archetypes, explaining what those are for people who just heard me say that and are just like, I don't know what the hell that is. I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to click pause and then the X on my browser instead of just closing the tab. What the hell's wrong with you? Um, either way, introductions are in order, and the order is from top to bottom. Me, I am Daniel. Hello. Nice to formally meet you all. Oh, Chris? Oh, Megan. Hello. Um, next up, Drew. Drew, say hello. Hello. Nice to formally meet you all. Chris. Oh, Megan. Hello. All right. And then uh, third, Josh. Hello. This is Josh. Uh, hello, Chris. It's nice to finally meet you. Megan, I think we've met before. Mm, oh, wait a minute. No, y'all both. Um, no, because you went to. You we went both to went to school. school. I did. So Megan would have been. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We both she went was to a school. teacher. She was yeah, our teacher. All, <laughs> Megan was our teacher. At the this school. is a parent-teacher conference. Chris is our dad, and we're all in trouble. Why mm. are we in trouble? Because we're about to get into some dirty topics. It's not. It's not that big mm. a deal. We're talking about we're talking about the, the, the player archetypes. Um, for those of you who may not know, the player archetypes are what Mark Rosewater, who's the lead designer of Magic, and Wizards of the Coast as a whole uses to describe the different play styles of the players, I guess would be the best Mm. way to say it. Um, And these have been used for a very long time. And those three different play styles are the Timmy, the Johnny, and the Spike. Now, I know when you hear those words, none of those words mean anything because those are names (laughs) and then a thing that can kill Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so we're going to do a quick explanation of what those player archetypes are. And really the impetus of the episode is, do these archetypes actually work to describe the people who play Commander in general? Um, And then we're going to talk about some other ideas for player archetypes. We uh, found an article that actually has four very good ones. It was written by, and I'll go ahead and say this at the top of the show, a Kristen Gregory. It's very good. A good article. Go read it. It's on the um, uh, uh, Card Kingdom blog. Uh, But we're going to get into the first three archetypes proper, the ones Wizards actually uses for all their things. We're going to start with the Timmy. Who would like to... uh, Anybody in particular want to talk about the Timmy? What does the Timmy do? Yeah, I'm gonna. Um, so the so quoted from Mark Rosewater, um, he he has written about the Timmy archetype. Um, is that Timmy wants to experience something? Timmy plays magic because he enjoys the feeling he gets when they play. What the feeling is will vary from Timmy to Timmy, but what all Timmys have in common is that they enjoy the visceral experience of playing. And they've uh, broken down, there's like subgroups within that that all uh, feed into the broader umbrella of Timmy. But basically anything um, anything from a power gamer, someone who loves to cast big creatures and big spells, equating power, just raw power level with fun in the game. Um, social gamers is something that they actually also attribute to Timmy's. Um, just they only care about interacting with friends. Uh, 
They, they call them uh, diversity gamers, specifically with game formats. Always wanting to try something new. Um, adrenaline gamers, extra enjoying variants and things of that nature. And also griefers, which is very interesting. That also kind hmm. of plays in here. But uh, Timmy is the archetype for players who literally enjoy the act <laughs> of actually playing the game magic. I have a quick question about that. When did they add griefers to that? Because that is not in this article <laughs> I'm reading about the archetypes. Uh, when did they here. add griefers? Uh, there we go. Um, let me see. It is. Uh, it is from. It is from his blogatog. I'm um, just literally an answer of someone goes. What is the player psychographic for? Quote enjoys making other players not have fun. And Mark Roser just said <laughs> griefers are a subset of Timmy slash Tammy. <laughs> just, just straight up. I don't like, I don't, um, oh, let me see here. There is also a why. Uh, So someone says, why are griefers a subset of Timmy slash Tammy? And Mark Rosewater um, says, is griefers on the whole more want to experience something than prove something? I don't personally find that to be an answer that is satisfying to why griefers are Timmy's. Uh, But the thing is, is that I, I do get it. I've always thought of myself as more of a Timmy and sometimes just, (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes just like making the game hurt to do anything is mm-hmm. really, it's really funny. And I feel yeah. like that's an experience because especially there's nothing to lose because I'm clearly not trying to win. But <laughs> then again, that still goes into like the multiplayer thing. And then these are mm-hmm. all, these, these three archetypes are for one V one kind of formats and players. So maybe there's people that decide to buy into a modern tournament and then kill themselves. I don't know how you would do that, but Uh but whatever. Moving on. The next one is Johnny. This article says, so why does the Johnny play magic? Because Johnny wants to express something. To Johnny, magic is an opportunity to show the world something about himself, be it how creative he is or how clever he is or how offbeat he is. As such, Johnny is very focused on the customizability of the game. Deck building isn't an aspect of the game to Johnny. It's the aspect. Johnny's really into deck building. Uh, some of the subsets we have the combo players. Um, essentially, a combo player wants to um, work off of interactions, cool interactions to make big things happen, win the game off of them. Uh, it's one of the the main the mm-hmm. main subsets of the um, of the of the Johnny. The other mm-hmm. one, this is the one that I always thought uh, was the most Josh. This is why I always thought Josh was Johnny is the offbeat designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, The offbeat designer always comes up with strange decks, but he starts from a very different vantage point. Instead of being driven by the cards, he is driven by ideas. This makes me think Mm. of your terrible wolf deck and your Orble Redenbacher's Gourmet (laughs) Stopping Corn. And then, like, your Defender's deck before there were any really good cards for Defender's way back when. Yeah, they made that one You did the dumb stuff. I like the Yeah, they kept doing that to all your archetypes. Uh, The deck artist... Uh, likes to build decks in a very different vein. Uh, the deck artist isn't trying to find anything or demonstrate anything. They're just trying to use deck building as a form of self-expressive art. Um, <laughs> these are decks that do things like embody the elf culture or represent Empire Strikes Back or play in a way that makes the opponent appreciate the uniqueness of card choices. <laughs> and then um, the Uber Johnny. I feel like we've all kind of done the Uber Johnny before, but the yes. Uber Johnnies build their decks based on sheer stubbornness. They are out to prove what conventional wisdom says can't be done, can be done. To them, no card is too bad to find a use for. No deck archetype is too unworkable. Nothing truly is off limits. I feel like we've all had like a card or an idea that we're just like, ah, 
<laughs> that's happening. That's that's yep. what's going on. And so that one, uh, that is all of the different Johnny archetypes and subtypes. Uh, Josh, do you have an article up at all or no? I have, I have an article up and it's not the one that you guys are reading from, but I can definitely summarize Spike from whatever I'm looking at. Um, so, <laughs> so the Spike okay, player, good. the Spike player is the, the most competitive of these three psychographics. The Spike player, their enjoyment from the game primarily comes in the form of winning. They they enjoy outplaying, outpowering their opponent and getting the win. Um, and generally they're considered it's they they're going to play whatever deck is the strongest that is the most likely to get them the win. They will play cards and look at the cards in terms of their effectiveness at winning rather than any flavor or subjective fun uh appraisal of the cards their fun appraisal is will this win me the game that is the point these they're Mm -hmm. also generally considered to be the if you if you see a player who they are upset because they didn't win the game they get salty from not winning generally that's considered to be a spike characteristic everyone can get that a little bit but the spike because their main focus the point of them playing is to try to win the game they're the most likely to feel unfulfilled by the experience if they did not win it, regardless of how, whatever they did in the course of the game. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have a list of the subtypes, do you? I don't, subtypes. so if someone else Sub- wants to read that. <laughs> someone subtypes. could read that to me, and I'll say it again. All right, I... All right, I, I got it right here. Okay, so, and don't do that, please. Um, all right, so the first group of the first Spike um, subsidiary... Um, is the innovators. Um, this is essentially the spike who, when a new set releases or new cards are brought into a format, they say, how do we break this? How do we make this, like, great, this card seems very powerful. I want to try and make this card, like, viable and competitive and, like, break the game on my own. That's mm. what they do. The, it says here that this is the closest uh, type of spike to Ajani's sensibilities. Because they mm-hmm. are actively trying to win, but they also are like, I want to prove that this card, mm-hmm. this thing, is like good enough to get there, like frequently. So that is the innovator. Uh, the tuners, uh, the tuner type of spike is one who will take a already established deck or archetype, and their goal is to take a successful formula and throw their own ingredients into it to make it even better than it was is the goal. Maybe they find something that they think is a little too weak, they take it out, replace it with something, see if they get better results. Tuners are essentially just there to make the car run a little bit better and then overcharge you. Uh, That's not true. Um, Analyst. Uh, The analyst uh, sits and collects information um, but is aiming for a different type of advantage. Analyst spikes focus on the metagame. They plan on winning not by having the best deck in a vacuum, but by having the deck best suited for any particular environment so for instance if a um and for commander this is this is kind of a weird one to even make a comparison for a lot of the time but Mm -hmm. you know if if modern or standard was overrun by uro decks if if standard is overrun by uro decks and there's like one archetype that uro is bad against instead of just also playing an uro deck an analyst would look at the meta and say okay I don't hmm. want to just have another Euro deck. I'm going to play the one deck that I know consistently can beat mm-hmm. out the Euro deck. 
Um, and that is the goal anyway, to look at the numbers, look at the metagame, analyze it, and then come in with something that's a little bit more low-key that can deal with some of the uh, the top-performing decks in the meta. Um, and the last one is the nuts and bolts. This last subgroup has moved beyond deck lists and metagames. Well, see you later. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> the nuts and bolts spike focuses their energies in perfecting their own gameplay. They believe that the ultimate key to victory is flawless play. Um, and so, hmm. let's see. As such, nuts and bolts spikes tend their uh, spend their energy looking within. Uh, they try to understand their own internal flaws and work to improve them. I don't know if you can call that one a player archetype that has yeah, nothing to do with cards. I'm not sure yeah. that person. Well, like if he's Magic not going to include like a Vorthos, if he's not going to include Vorthos as a viable archetype who only cares about like you know flavor and stuff, yeah. the one yeah. that is focused on self improvement. That's ridiculous to me, man. I hate that. That's the thing. <laughs> I hope that like the blank cards that they do, like the blank double face cards, are the ones for those players. Like when they keep printing cards for those types of spikes, it's just mm -hmm. blank cards because it's whatever you need it to be um, within your soul, within your heart. You'll get there. It's a journey within. Go home. Mm. <laughs> Go home and sit by yourself. <laughs> um, anyway, and I guess now we'll turn the, uh, the discussion in. How do we feel all of these archetypes work? Because these are all originally archetypes for 1v1 formats. How do we feel they work when you broaden the umbrella into a format that is more or less, I believe it was the Johnny, one of the Johnny subsets. Where was it? The, uh, 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 oh no, it, it's essentially, essentially all games of Commander, whether you mean them to be or not, is a diversity gamers Timmy. Mm -hmm. Like, it's about the variety. It's the whole thing. It's a hundred card singleton, mm -hmm, and you're right. playing against like a bunch mm -hmm. of like three other people. Mm -hmm. It's that that is in a bubble, like what Commander is, is very specifically that subset of Timmy. Mm -hmm. Um, so how do we feel these archetypes all fit? into the umbrella of what commander is as a format do we do we think you know just personally do we think that they still work they can work or do we think that it's a little too just what the format is like these things don't really mesh with it i think as soon as as soon as the the line was drawn in the sand that the archetype for griefers and the archetype for people who enjoy socializing with their friends was under the same player archetype, this has <laughs> completely fallen apart. Like, it's the <laughs> fact that Timmy's are both, they want to have fun and interact with their friends, and also, if you're a griefer, you're this same player type. Is Like, for mm -hmm. me... At that point, they have made they have made their decision to make three archetypes fit things. They didn't naturally find the three as a result of looking at their player archetypes. And I think a lot of that may have been just it's they've been using these archetypes for a long time, but the player race has definitely evolved and changed over time. And so I think it's a matter of kind of old tools, basically. Like mm -hmm. it's um because really, with like the subtypes that they've included here, really that means that instead of there being three, there's really like 12 to 15 that they have here. And just they're mm -hmm. like in groups and things like that. And at that point, I don't know that it's useful to still use like the Timmy, Tammy, Spike, Johnny, Jenny. 
I don't know that it's useful to still use those kind of titles, those kind of archetypes to describe mm-hmm. the player base at that point. If you have to go like, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a Timmy rising, but my moon sign is a <laughs> uh, offbeat designer Johnny and my ascendant. Like, I don't think that it's as useful as it used to right. be if you have to get this kind of detailed with it or this kind of like flexible with it. I yeah. think it, I think it is no longer as useful as it used to be. Yeah, I like. I feel like I feel like they can broadly apply, very broadly. Like, I mean, if if someone sure. is pre-existingly familiar with what the, these three archetypes mean, um, I you would expect to see mm-hmm. from a Timmy player's commander deck, they're going to run like some some big goof fun cards that aren't necessarily good. I think you would expect a Johnny's deck to specifically focus on synergies and then like a spike would specifically be running good strong good good cards but like i i can't imagine anyone building a commander deck that was purely one of those three i think they smudge together and overlap so much that it's not useful and the pre-existing point of these the names don't mean anything they're so useless because there's three stupid well two stupid human names and then the thing that kills sonic and that is dumb and not useful on its face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say, I will say that I, I like a little bit of griefing. I like a little <laughs> bit of griefing. And I also really like the social aspect. I, because the thing is, it's like, if you blow up all the permanents, what else is there to do but talk? I feel like, you know, if I cast like an obliterate and everyone is at 38 life, that's just more time for everyone to socialize. Sit here and and out. a big mm-hmm. thing. So I, I can kind of see, like, I don't think a Johnny <laughs> would do that. And I cannot imagine a Spike would do that. So yeah, I do think that they just, <laughs> essentially, they have a three-party system. And anytime mm. another party would show up, they're just like, ah, oh, you just sound like a, you just sound like a Democrat with more steps. You should yeah. just like <laughs> come into here and then it'll be that thing. And it'll be these three forever until eventually the whole game country falls apart. <laughs> but at least magic right. gets one more than we do. So mm. <laughs> I'll at least give them credit for that. There's always that. Good There's always them. that. Um, Thank you, Mark. I, I do think, and this is, we were, we were touching on this a little bit. I think that aside from the very stupid, let me not say that in case that there is anybody looking for self-enlightenment along their journey, (laughs) I think that all of the ones for Spike and Tammy, aside from maybe the last type of Spike where they're (laughs) trying to find their Zen and get their auras and chakras aligned. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of them, can work more or less um, in in Commander. I I do think that there are I think that there are tuners still, and I think, mm-hmm. but but it's the thing we were touching on it a little bit. We were saying that more or less everything that is a Johnny is just how you have to build a deck in Commander anyway, more mm-hmm. or less. Like hmm. I think, which let me let me look back through here, but um. Like well, deck. That, that does come with that we're we are making like some assumptions, right? Because it's, we're making, you, yeah, that's true. Strictly yeah. speaking, you can build Ashling the Pilgrim in ninety nine mountains, and so I think it's like mm-hmm. for the purposes of discussion, this is someone who is actively See, making. That sounds like decisions. an Uber Johnny. 
That's yeah. just an Uber, Johnny. <laughs> it, it is to just, the tilt. Like, uh-huh. there's, I, I feel like, I, yeah, mm. and like content creators, like a lot sure. of them who mm. do, who talk about Commander, a lot of them say, you know, maybe have a couple of combos in your deck to help yep. close out a game, which means that the combo player thing for a lot of people, not, not everybody, some people don't follow that like ideology or don't listen to enough content creators to know that it's a thing that, is being yeah. said to do mm-hmm. and is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people kind of default to having a combo or two. That's yeah. just taking a little bit more of that kind of Johnny slice, spreading mm-hmm. it around to everybody. The offbeat mm-hmm. designers thing I see all the time. That's <laughs> yeah. like people want to build the wild guy. People want to build Lunas. He makes a bunch of clues. That's crazy. We can make that <laughs> work. And then yeah. deck artists, I, I feel like... I feel like all commander players are like get all the Johnny bits. Yeah, mo- yeah. Mostly, like what I'm what I'm coming from is though, like that does require. Um, essentially, it, it assumes that your deck building for commander is a is at least a half step above just I grabbed the things in my big bulk box that were yeah. in the colors. Right. Like, I, it yeah, that's just, true. Because yeah, I, I have seen those. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that does very much exist. And that can that can exist for a variety of reasons. It can just be these are just what I had. It can also yeah. just be my friends told me they were playing and I didn't have time to brew. I just grabbed stuff and put it together. But yeah, it doesn't is, seem that you like, were conscious in your deck building. But I feel like even even if you start that way, I feel like that that type of play I can't mm-hmm. imagine exists for long. Like if you're just you know it's yeah. like oh my friends are playing commander. I grabbed everything in my binder. okay you can say that for like what three four five games maybe a few weekends (laughs) but then like once you've done that you're like well now that i've seen some of the lines (laughs) what what else like i can't if if there's somebody out there who's been playing commander like or multiplayer formats for like five years now and Mm. you still have just a deck that is a cobbled together mess that is the same as you did from five years ago. Let me know. Yeah. I don't think it's <laughs> happened. Cause I think just even on accident, when you're playing, like if certain cards just aren't doing well in your meta, you're just like, well, surely like 130 sets have come out in this last year. I could <laughs> probably find something that I can slot in there. Mm-hmm. And then you would just do it. Like it's instinctual in the format. I feel of just, like you at yeah. that point you have to try to <laughs> not throw things in there to build it and even then that just makes you that just makes you the last Johnny which is an Uber Johnny. Like you yes. can't escape it. If you're building just bad binder, that's a bad <laughs> binder Uber Johnny. That's this all, is bad that's binder it tribal. Is. It's a specific list that I did. <laughs> It's built up of only <laughs> trades I made with the third pages of people's binders at my game store. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I think, I, but I think like everything else can kind of go. I, I, you know, I think that, you know, my exact words I said right before I started recording is I think that the, the layer of Johnny gets spread so thin that through it, all you can yeah. see is the Timmy and Johnny or the Timmy and Spike rather. And the Johnny aspect, it's like, okay, for instance, Josh, when we were doing 60 mm-hmm. card decks, Josh is the one that I would say was the Johnny player. He was doing mm-hmm. the off the wall weird stuff. When we mm-hmm. made the switch to commander, Josh has not been able to be a Johnny. Josh has like commander versions of the same decks, but he can't make the things work. His brain doesn't do it. 
And the thing, and I've no. even said in other episodes how Drew's kind of gone the Johnny route. He's got like these weird combos in all of his decks, but that's just what happens in the decks now. Like yeah. the thing that made Josh <laughs> what he was in 60 card doesn't translate to Commander because that's kind of just what Commander is. So Josh now relies on the bad cards to <laughs> make himself different and not so much like the crazy kind of combos and stuff. It's I, I think that there's actually there's some worthwhile talking there. Like it's of these three, um, which ones do we feel like we kind of like we have fit into? Because it's um, I know that I have said on the on the program multiple times is that I as a player was forged in a pit of spikes. Yes. So it's um, I don't think that I naturally in games in general in my time with friends to any degree I am not a very competitive person when it comes to just. In, like games in a general sense i like to think that i'm very good at games but it's because i've only got so many hobbies folks i gotta have something <laughs> uh, but like it's with with magic whenever i started playing magic everybody in my friend group that played they were all 100 tournament grinders mm-hmm. that was the entirety of their experience with the game they but, were playing magic this, to go but to this is another yeah. thing is that i wanted to talk to is that i feel like this is another misconception is Ooh, that okay. being like, oh, these people all would go to standard or modern and play events meant mm. that they had to be spikes. But these are 1v1 mm. archetypes. All yes. of these things exist in those formats. It's like, I, I don't know if I already said it this episode or another episode, but mm. modern Tron is a Timmy deck. Yes. Yeah. It's no answers. It's nothing. It's I'm going to find my Urza's tower, mine and power plant. And I'm going to play a big Karn and yep. get rid of all your stuff. And then yep. <laughs> if you don't concede, I, I'm like, everyone can, everyone scoops. Everybody always scoops once the Karn gets going. But I bet if you let him get there, that, that guy would restart that game. I yeah. promise <laughs> you that they would do it. Uh-huh. They'd restart that game and they'd get you. Yeah, because because that's what it is, and it's like, and mm-hmm. I think that there's like Johnny decks that exist in modern, and then of course there's like Spike decks, but yeah. like you know, it's they they exist in those formats. So to say you're forged in a pit of spikes, I think is maybe a little disingenuous because I imagine that the way that Carlton liked to play, like mm-hmm. in those formats, is probably very different than how I think like Alex would have played. Uh, I, well, so it's uh, it's Carlton played mono red burn. Uh, he still does, and will do it at every opportunity. He'll Alex do it until the play. day he dies. <laughs> uh, Alex actually would play because we were playing in like the new Phyrexia block is where I started. Um, <clears throat> Alex was playing either Infect or he was playing a combo mill um, was the decks that were playing. I was Ooh. playing um, what effectively now would be mono green Stompy built around mm-hmm. Cudgel Troll and Thrun uh, with asceticism mm-hmm. and eventually World Slayer because sometimes you got to make do. Country well, boys make it happen. So and that's so you like, just gotta get there. you know, a pit of spikes, but you're running like you throw a world slayer on a cudgel troll to blow up yep. every permanent except regenerate cudgel troll, and yeah. you're not going to tell me that that's a Timmy deck. Being in a competitive format does not mean that you can't oh. do those things, is yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. The, the mm. clarification that I say that I was forged in a pit of spikes is actually to say that even through my Timminess or the Johnniness, because I think that in Give in a given deck, I, I I will hit kind of really all of these. Is yes. I am always part spike. Like it is, there is a part of my brain where I can't really build a deck, or I can't more accurately, I can't have fun with a deck that just kind of dirtles about and doesn't do anything. And that was true when I was playing at FNM. That was true whenever we were doing kitchen table because we played kitchen table, yeah. which would be four to six player 
ca- literally casual. It's just whatever cards you built. We didn't have any format restrictions. But and even then, like it's I have I have some spikiness that is always in there, but it's like it, it is kind of like a salt to taste. It's a spice to taste kind of thing. Like it's there's always gotcha. some element of it whenever I build decks. But it is the primary thing is either I think I'm probably more Johnny than Timmy, but I oscillate between those two and there's always some spike there at the bottom. Okay. Well, that, and that's just the thing. It's just that wanting to win in a one, mm-hmm. like, I don't think that anyone that is a Johnny or a Timmy goes into like modern or standard or something with the idea of I'm going to dirtle about and then go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's true. like, that's what that's I'm trying true. And I think that that's the thing that commander players especially don't understand about these these three player archetypes and that's mm-hmm. why i'm saying that i think even more so than people may think is that these don't exist in commander yeah. because mm-hmm. these were built on because even if you're just doing casual it still mm-hmm. was casual 1v1 was like the impetus for these like yeah. casual or whatever these are your three archetypes that you get so it's like even if i'm sitting across from you it's like i don't want to just lose yeah, I don't, true, like, I don't want you to just beat me in a one v one. If there's other people and I can just like, you know, like ruin one player's day or king make, that's hilarious. Like yeah. that doesn't bother me. But like, I guess there could be a little bit of fun if you sit down at like a tournament and you play a deck that makes them win so hard that they can't enjoy it. I could enjoy that. <laughs> but, yeah, but like, you know, that's you get what I'm saying. You guys get yes. what I'm saying though. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a tangent. Josh, what do you got to say? I mean, it just like talking about a deck that just dirtles around and doesn't do anything. Like I, I don't. Other than the player, like you were talking about, someone that just went into their bulk stuff they had around and threw things together just to make a deck that exists mm-hmm. with the right number of cards. I could see that happening and becoming just a dirtily doesn't achieve anything deck. But I think whether you consider yourself primarily a Timmy, a Johnny, or a Spike. You want your deck to work to do what you want it to do. It's just that what you want it to do is a different thing, depending on what your focus is, and that determines Mm -hmm. what you're doing. But, I mean, yeah, in Commander, it's like everyone's going to want their deck to do the thing they want it to do. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the thing there, right? Like, it's it's there there is for commander for the things that are that are unique about it there's almost no way to avoid like like timmy as being a power gamer they talk about here like the timmy card literally cheats out creatures ahead of curve that's just kind of how you gain advantage in commander if your deck cares Mm -hmm. about creatures even a little bit uh spike like as far as like winning the game i can i can see that spike has the least impact on commander just because it's statistically in commander you can only really win 25 percent of the time versus 1v1 statistically you win half the time i yeah. think if i were a full spike i would gravitate towards the one where i can win more um and then johnny like to daniel's point there is so like in any given commander deck, there is at least a few or there's like multiple shades of different types of Johnny. And at that point, um, uh, Josh and I actually had this discussion recently that like it, it, it is the same kind of point that a genre in like a movie or music has where a genre is only useful if it actually helps you describe the thing you're talking about. Yeah. And so like with Timmy, Johnny and Spike, one of the big issues there is I can't just say that unless you were already so entrenched into it, into the format that, that I probably didn't need to say it anyway, because you already knew that. 
But if anyone is not very familiar or have just got them mixed up because the names don't, uh, the names don't, I guess, other than maybe Spike, but the names don't imply their psychographic really at all. No. I have to then, I have to say the name and then I still have to fully explain the archetype. And so it, it does not do its job linguistically of helping explain a thing. Now this it is, is a ballpark a, thing. You think that this yeah. is supposed to be like a gatekeeping thing? Having the names be so stupid, it's just like play like you know, <laughs> like new players are not going to know what any of these mean. So it's a way to just be like, look at these new players. Oh, I, they don't even I don't know what think, a Timmy Johnny or Spike is. I don't know that players were actually ever meant to know these. I think that Mark Rosewater talks about it because it's useful for game designers and it's yeah. useful to to explain mm-hmm. how Wizards designs cards to people who are also designing aspects of their game to say like we have divided our player base into these three, but maybe twelve or fifteen slices of a pie and so we design cards and we think of these types of players and that's useful for game designers but i don't think there's actually much here for um for self-identification and self-expression like i don't i don't know that that's i don't know that that's the intent with these like, no, from, i think, from that, their, from I think they were supposed to be a secret and i bet mark rosewater got punished when he told people about them Oh, they got big mad at Mark Rosewater whenever he let the spikes out of the bag. I bet they spanked him. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, uh, moving on. Uh, there was an article released recently. It was released in April uh, April 26th of this year, 2021, by Kristen Gregory called The Four Types of Commander Players. It essentially is introducing these four new player archetypes that just make a little bit more sense for commander players and how commander players actually choose to play the game, the social interactions, all of the different aspects. And as a way to kind of like fix the issue with the naming conventions to give things a little bit more of like a regular name Mm -hmm. and to also take away like a, I I guess, I guess it clears up a little bit of the confusion because I still don't think people really grasp fully that the Spike and Timmy and Johnny are all supposed to be trying to win the whole time. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people get lost in that headspace. Um, mm-hmm. So these these incorporate a few more of those. Um, so we're going to hop right into one of these. I'm going to go into the first one. The first one that they suggest that Wizards designs for and is a player archetype are the artisans, the deck artisans. Artisans are the players that make up the largest proportion of the commander player base. They enjoy getting the best out of their decks and will generally keep their deck built up if it brings them joy. They're also very likely to enjoy the uh, iterative, emergent development of their decks, and part of their joy stems from the deck building process, which they might enjoy as much as the game itself. What do we think? Do we think that sounds like anybody? Do we? How do we feel about just that opening paragraph? You well, know, I would say, I mean, like... that. It's it's the fact that in Commander you got to put together a list of 100 different cards. Like I guess I could fathom there being someone who just finds that a daunting chore, I guess, but how do you not get 100 cards deep and feel like, yeah, I've put together a thing that that I'm happy to have put together this thing. Does that person exist that they don't enjoy mm-hmm. making the deck? Um, I'll tell you this, when it comes to making the deck versus playing the deck, like, Mm -hmm. I don't care. Like, I've I've said it before, like, once I get my hundred cards, 
Typically, uh-huh. I will order them and then I will play them and then I make mm-hmm. changes to them. If I happen to open the cards I was looking for in draft packs when I draft with my wife later, I do mm-hmm. maybe one big buy of upgrades every year, maybe every six months if I'm feeling frisky and I have some decks that just absolutely are trash and like <laughs> literally can't work without it. But mm-hmm. I I do not consider myself an artisan. Mm-hmm. I very much like the mm-hmm. gameplay more than the deck building. I don't I don't even really like to goldfish, but I do it because it's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I do have a lot of decks that are very reliant on my opponents doing things, so they're very hard to goldfish. Hard to and it's really just really like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. It's a Cascade group hug deck. Like, I, I can't really goldfish <laughs> this against myself. It's a little difficult to do. But I I do not necessarily consider myself okay. an, an artisan at all. Like, yeah, I can come mm-hmm. up with a fun mm-hmm. theme, sure, but I just mm-hmm. want to have it. Like, when I'm, mm-hmm. when I'm doing it, it's like my Binding of Isaac deck. I don't have that list saved anywhere in a place that's readable. I don't go through and make upgrades or nothing. I just have it. I have it in my house, yep. and I play it with you guys whenever I roll it. <laughs> that's just what yeah. I do. I uh I am full tilt this archetype. Um, yes. I mm-hmm. I mostly um play commander with my friends to justify the fact that magic cards cost money. I could be hmm. for the most part perfectly satisfied just building my own deck and then goldfishing it and seeing how all the pieces work together. In my little room, in my <laughs> candlelit cute gnome filled room with all my tinkers and tonkers all bipping and bopping etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, no like it's uh it you can't is run the tinker, um uh i can run tonker but it's i really yeah. <laughs> you know, like, the the process of finding not only getting the literal 100 cards but it's as these people can attest to i have never built a deck that started at 100 cards i have i have seldom built a deck mm-hmm. that started at under 160 cards yeah so mm-hmm. um and that is with trying my damnedest and so it is the 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 finding the statue in the block of marble is one of the most fun parts of the deck for me. And then goldfishing the deck is also a thing that I very much enjoy doing, mm-hmm. seeing and really knowing how my deck operates at like a level where it's um, even like um, one of, one of my most, one of my personal favorite decks to play my Sadisi brood tyrant deck. And that is a self mill graveyard based toolbox deck, which requires knowledge of all the cards in it, basically at any time to know what my lines are. And I love that. It's a deck that requires like complete attention, but I've been able to goldfish it so much and I know the deck so thoroughly that I can also have casual conversation while playing it. That kind of stuff is obviously is uh, basically what I play the game yeah. for. It's just kind of like, oh, and, I got this deck yeah. to work. It's this thing I'm trying to do. And what tells me that I've got part of this in me is that I have built like uh, on the computer, I have deck lists built of far more decks than i own i really do enjoy (laughs) the deck building process even if i don't end up Mm -hmm. owning it having that click together and i'll be like i you know surely surely i'll get it sure surely i'll get it and then i don't and that's fine (laughs) that's fine i i did the thing i hate (laughs) i hate having deck lists on my computer of decks that i don't own like like, if i don't if i don't if I don't intend to buy it or like I like halfway mm-hmm. through, I'm just like, nah, I'm deleting this. Get, I'm throwing this <laughs> right in the trash. Um, but to Josh's point, yes, artisans, uh, they say at the top of this, artisans are the players that make up the largest proportion mm-hmm. of the commander player base. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to enjoy that aspect quite a bit. Uh, a couple other things to note about it. Artisans like to play on an even footing and enjoy the game. Uh, for them, the experience mm-hmm. is best 
when it's a Goldilocks experience, which means that everybody's interacting without being too oppressive. There's a couple of infinite combos, but it's not like, you know, I'm going to tutor for the exact thing to do it. Um, and um, at least not early in the game, you know, do it later. Uh, they like the combat step and they have an ideal game length and play style often achieved through regular play with a close play group. This is another thing that I don't think I do. If I have a deck that I want to be very abhorrent and jokel hops as fast as possible, I don't take anything else into account. I say, I want to do that as quickly <laughs> as I can. I want to have yeah. one planeswalker on the battlefield and I want to win. Like I want to, yeah. I want to get people with a bad planeswalker because they literally can't do anything about it. I don't, I don't, I don't take those kinds of things. But to be fair, I do think that I build less oppressive decks generally. I think that I have a yeah. couple of real stinkers, but normally I don't. But I do like mm -hmm. my fast mana. I don't mm -hmm. want to wait for things. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to hold up answers. I'm going to tap out. I'm going to do it. If you got mm -hmm. the thing to stop it, that's okay. If yeah. you don't, I'm going to I'm going to muck around for a little while and that's just going to kind of be what's up. That's like, it. I don't but you, but Drew, you're very good at like interaction and like some of mm -hmm. your favorite games are ones where everybody gets to have that kind of back and forth. One of my favorite games I've ever played, I was playing my Yuriko deck and it was a game that went, I think like an hour and a half, almost two hours, but it was every single turn people cast multiple spells. There was just a ton of interaction and that's why it went long mm -hmm. because everybody's decks were all doing things. And that's the thing is like, it's generally, I prefer to be able to like, the game link thing is, I think, kind of interesting because it's I. If I had to make the call, I would say that I probably prefer not very short games, but shorter games because in most long games, those happen because of people not playing. But if a game has ha is going long because it has a ton of interaction in it, I have no mm. problems with that game. I love that game a lot. Yeah, so it's for me like it's yeah like it's the game link is nebulous it's stretchy because it really comes down to for me how much interaction which they also talk about here is taking place in there like if a game's taking long because i have to do a lot of draw go that's meh for me that means people mm -hmm. aren't people are kind of just sitting there but like it's uh, a game that goes long because people are playing a lot of their spells i'm like ooh, look at all the cool spells what is that my chair my sorry my chair is making a noise i'd never heard before um okay and let me see is there anything else to say about this um this is another thing that i think drew is very good at um artisans are very uh they're very easily able to shift between playing optimally in a cutthroat way and playing more casually and have decks for every hmm. occasion i will say that i have decks for every occasion but i don't have the shift if i if i'm bringing my bad deck i'm gonna do the mean things if i bring in a garbage deck i am do it and i'm not gonna think about it it's just what's gonna <laughs> happen but yeah. drew drew will run the stuff to do it in every deck and we'll just kind of choose whether or not that that's what needs to happen. My, my Alesha deck in particular, my Alesha deck can really go from zero to 60. Cause it's like, I can just sometimes play Alesha and it's just going to bring out ravenous Chupacabra sometimes and kill a creature, hit you for two. That's really it. Or I'm going to master of cruelties you and you were just, you're just starting life total to dead right now. And that's it. That's all you got, <laughs> bud. <laughs> I do really like that. I do yeah. really like that. <laughs> so with all those little extra caveats added in, Josh, what what do you think? Because I I don't because you don't like a lot of interaction. I think that if if it wasn't for the type of playgroup you're in, I'm not convinced mm -hmm. you would ever run in. <laughs> I mean, so I, like that's another reason why. Yeah. Like I know you like building decks, but I don't know how much of the rest of like the artisan part 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really applies the, to you. What do you think? I, I like building a deck around a theme that wants to do its theme. Whether that be, I mm-hmm. I want this, you know, whether it's a tribal thing or whether or not is it is a dumb concept. I've, I want to do a thing that hits every opponent without ever targeting. I want to do my theme. And if there's no control that matches the theme, I'm not going to run it. If there's none of the standard interaction <laughs> board wipey stuff. If, if there isn't interaction that matches my theme, I am, I am deeply disinterested. I am offended by the concept of mm-hmm. sullying my sweet, sweet golden theme with something <laughs> that is a smart thing to put in the deck. That, that is my style. <laughs> and that's that's why I, I think you don't quite get there. Like it does say in ours mm-hmm. in a, for mm-hmm. a little bit, it says they have a real appreciation for flavor and will often include pet cards or flavorful choices in their decks purely to satisfy their creative and often Vorthos parallel mindset. Mm-hmm. But then I don't know if that compounds if it goes right. against just the rest of the things that an artisan is necessarily J- Josh's yeah. ascendant sign is artisan, but it is not his son sign. Gotcha. And then in the article, they actually <laughs> talk about some printed cards recently that would go into the artisan players, uh, kind of, um, uh, foothold on the format, mm-hmm. like new stuff that's been printed. So you can check that out in the article. Uh, we'll probably mm-hmm. have a link mm-hmm. to it or you can, yeah, just I'll Google have a link it. to it in the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, moving okay. on, these are the Revelers. Revelers are the players who sit down to play Commander primarily because it's a way to have fun with friends. Winning is often the last thing on their minds, and when they do try to win, it has to be in the most spectacular way possible. If someone foils their plans, they better do it in the most insulting and dangerous way <laughs> possible. A Reveler will love the idea that someone could copy their Terminal of Hellfire or other game-ending spell and relish the idea that someone might try. I will say this that one of my favorite games that I've played recently was the one where I was playing a life gain deck, a deck specifically trying to gain life. And then Drew, I think it was turn two, mm-hmm. he played, um, oh, what's the, it's a three man enchantment. It's like the, the black red one, Everlasting Torment or something. That just says think, players, yeah. players can't gain life and damage can't be prevented and yep. shut my <laughs> deck off for the whole game. Yep. And I mm-hmm. was ecstatic. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. one of my favorite games. We played him. So he played one card. And that was the only card he played like the whole game. He missed land yep. drops. So Drew just <laughs> shut down my deck. Didn't get to play. And I kept drawing stuff. And then yep. almost answered the Torment of Hellfire. And then Carlton kept countering all my answers. Yep. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Mm-hmm. And then one of my other favorite mm-hmm. games we had recently. I think, Drew, you were running... Uh, Obun, and I was doing Hamora, a human ascendant. And mm-hmm. like, I couldn't get Hamora to flip. I couldn't find answers for your things. You couldn't find answers for my things. And it was literally four or five turns of us just swinging all out every turn <laughs> yeah. and just dealing like, you know, eight, nine damage per swing. And we just kept doing that because nobody could find the answer. Those. Those are my favorite games that I've probably played in a very long time. I really, really like them. There's also one of the notable ones is a Daniel's coin flip deck got uh, a bunch of clones of Carplus and Minotaur, and it was down to just me and Daniel, and then he killed himself by having too many Carplus and Minotaurs. Drew won won by a series of... By, by a series of coin flips. What's the, what's the a series of unconnected A series of unrelated 50-50 chances. chances. Uh, <laughs> skill. Is what I call that. 
<laughs> I I definitely mm-hmm. would say that that I I would put myself in the reveler camp. I like mm-hmm. I like it when things happen. I I watched a it was you weren't there, Drew, but Carlton got out Micah Synth Lattice and Vandal Blasted. Oh yeah. And just blew up everybody <laughs> else's stuff. Yeah, sure they does. Were, they were they were so upset. And Carlton only had like eight creature to swing with, and everyone was so mad. And I was just like, Carlton, <laughs> I like that you did that. I think yeah. it's good that you did that. I think it's yeah. cool. Um, so I would definitely put myself as a reveler. I don't, I don't necessarily, I think Drew, you have a couple of decks that kind of go into that territory. Um, I would say, I I would say that Grismold gets there. It might not even be on purpose, but Grismold, Grismold does a lot for a bunch of people and can Mm -hmm. really like make Mm -hmm. some shakeups. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Do you, I don't think, do you exist um, in this realm? I definitely think, and I mean, I think it said it earlier in the same article that like people can can switch in the course of a game, um, and I I definitely I have a switch because if I if I'm going and my deck is working and then I draw a card and I look at it and I go oh no this will ruin what I have going on but I look at the table and say but it'll ruin what everyone has going on I can get into that <laughs> and I think I think that is a reveler switch. I, I will ruin my situation if it has a big f- effect on the table. Okay. Yeah, where, where and I think that, that's where I think that's where I kind of differentiate there. Like it's I have made plays that are not strictly beneficial for me, but it is because either I think the game is lost for me anyway, yeah. and I can I can give the victory to the deck that I think is doing the thing that I like more at the table, <laughs> or has mm-hmm. hurt me less this game. Um and and the and thus disincentivize people hurting me in the future, which is never what happens. Uh, but like, it's very rarely. I think it, like I I have aspects of this, but I think that's just in the sense of I build decks for variety, and so by the nature of that, some of my decks are going to do different things. But I would say, like of these, I haven't read the other two in great detail. I would probably have to guess though. I am probably the least this, the least reveler. Because even if I'm doing something that is like big and splashy, I'm doing it to win. It's how many times have I cast Azuri's Predation in Grismold, and that's a huge (laughs) play. But I'm doing it to eat all of the tokens I've given you. Grismold is now impossibly Mm -hmm. huge, and I'm probably Mm going to win, if not this turn, then like the next turn or so. And it also, I mean, it's the thing where it's like, it's I definitely enjoy, you know, socializing with my friends, but like I said in the artisan portion, like, I'll just sit and goldfish my deck and I'll have a good old time. Like I'll just sit here with my yeah. cards and look at them. So and I mean, like this, I definitely enjoy hanging yeah. out with people, but it's yeah. Yeah. This article does specify that um, a lot of the group hug players are going to fit into this because it's, and, and I think that specifically points to the players who really want to have that interaction. And I don't think it would be just for group hug players. I think it could also be for group slug players who make the game rough mm-hmm. for absolutely everyone. It's the interaction. Everyone's yep. in on it. Everyone is having a time. And I get that. <laughs> Good or yeah, bad, well, everyone's I having would, a time. I would give it I would give it here. They say it in this one, uh in this part. They say revelers enjoy the inherent chaos of magic. They will often choose political cards or cards that help them team mm-hmm. up against mm-hmm. an arch enemy and cards that can help other players or cards that dictate the pace of the game. And I would uh, uh-huh. I would put group slug into that. Dictate yeah, like yeah. if you're taking two damage because you're tapping a land and you're ta- and you need to tap a bunch of them, that's gonna put <laughs> you on a clock, mister. Mm-hmm. You better be careful mm-hmm. the magic you're trying to play. And the yeah. spell you cast, two damage for that too, by the way. That's a spell shock. 
You better, mm-hmm. you better come ready. You're taking 14. <laughs> uh, another one, and this one makes me happy because we talked about this in an episode recently. Or not recently, but we talked about this in a previous episode because uh, they used this exact uh, card as an example. Uh, a lot of players include certain uh, Reveler cards because they personally find them fun or chaotic without them being bad plays. For instance, using mm. a Volcanic Offering not only as an efficient removal spell, but also to sow discontent and deflect the spotlight. We did a whole episode yep. where I talked about cards you can run that include other players that aren't group hug cards. Mm-hmm. And like, that's mm-hmm. just a thing you can do that people just don't. And that makes me really happy to see the, that one. The distinction right for me with Reveler, I think is, is the variance as a form of chaos. Whereas I think I am more on the axis of like, I definitely play with the variance in my deck, but it's to actually have a variety of answers and a variety of lines. So for me, the variance is not chaotic. It is just, I always got it on me, no matter what it would need to or happen to be. And that I think is like the kind of key distinction there where it's like, it's, I will run a thing that's like rip random stuff off the top, but it's because in my head, anything I pull off of yeah, that, anything gonna be you good. get is going to be pretty good. It's not just like, Oh, let's see what it is. It's like, no, it's, I've built a deck in such a way that no matter what it is, it's going to be useful. And that, that I think is the distinction that makes me more or makes me less of a reveler specifically. Yeah, I, I get mm-hmm. that. So I, I definitely would put myself pretty, pretty high up in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Drew doesn't put himself very high up there. Where, where would you put yourself in this one, Josh? I think I am a situational reveler. It's that it's that switch. I'm generally, I'm trying to do my thing. I want to do my thing because I built the deck to do my thing. But if I ever hit that point where A, I'm completely failing to do my thing, or I find a golden opportunity to do something big, regardless of whether or not it's optimal for me, I, ha- I have that switch. Everyone should have that switch, mm-hmm. I think. I think Drew does have that switch. It's like that everlasting yeah. torment game. Like, it's like mm-hmm. Drew wasn't hitting lands. He was just like, yeah, you know what? Whatever. We'll just yeah. go. I think well, exactly. The, the other part of it is also like, I was going to play everlasting torment. It's a good card. In my deck. <laughs> it's so a, good. There's, there's aspects of it. Like it's again, it's, it's, I, yeah. variety is the spice of life. I include all kinds of stuff. I just think like, it's probably, I don't know what the fourth one of these is, but I think I'm probably the least reveler, but I'm, there's still some of that there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll move yeah. on. Does somebody else want to uh, start us off with athletes? I'll do somebody athletes. The article? Yeah. Uh, athletes, yeah, uh, as described in the article, um, athletes are the players who get their kicks from demonstrating their play skill, their deck building prowess, and their knowledge of the format. They like to play to win. They expect each player to be on the same page, and they care less about the social contract. It isn't that they don't care about it at all. It's just that it comes second to winning. Athletes do, however, care about competing with other athletes. Competitive EDH, CEDH, players make up a lot of the athlete player base, and just like an athlete, they have little interest in showing off by facing non-competitors and rookies. Um, and it obviously, it goes into further detail, but I think that yeah. kind of gets the gets the spirit across there. I definitely uh, think that I am pretty big on this one as well. Um, it just comes down to the way that I can really showcase how how good I did, a, uh, how good of a job I did building my deck is by then playing it's almost like you're an athlete because you're such an artisan you take such pride (laughs) in the deck that you put together and how Mm -hmm. the toolbox comes together that you you want to be like no guys i have good interaction you guys just need to play something that's worth interacting with and then (laughs) try to interact with me so i can protect my thing i got it all baby i have Mm -hmm. it please Hmm. please don't just is that another kraken 
Whatever. God. This interaction spell is so good, I am not going to use it on Kraken Hatchling. It will not happen. I won't do it. Get my Kami of the Crescent Moon. (laughs) (laughs) I'll blow his caked up ass to the sky. Um, uh, let's see. I'll let Josh weigh in here first. I'm going to take a a quick look at the article, see if there's anything in here that I think applies to me. Just... (laughs) Really quick. That, well, just the first two didn't. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to take just a quick cursory mm-hmm. glance. Well, one thing that they talk about in the article that I thought was interesting to see, and I do get it, is, um, okay, they they put it as they like to brew and play with full transparency, and they get a lot of joy out of analyzing the ins and outs of certain lines of play. And and I get that. It's it's like the an athlete is going to go to other people to be like, what's what's the best line is there a way to improve this and i think that's Mm -hmm. really neat and i mean i i do that part in terms of like showing a deck to people and maybe being like what what are the good picks here like it can you guys think of a thing that can be improved um i think that's Mm. the that's probably the only part of it that i personally relate to like i i think it's just so much that i i build a deck to to do something there's the base goal of trying to win the game just because that is that is what the game is built around the game is so i do try to yeah. i do try to but i'm i'm i am very deeply content and if my deck does its main deal but doesn't win i'm happy to have done the deal and i don't i don't think that makes me an athlete mm-hmm. yeah i'll say like it's i definitely really enjoy um like like daniel said like it lets me kind of show off all of the all of the art art history and artisan stuff that i got to do in deck i'll say it full stop drew is the best deck builder in our group and this is (laughs) Mm -hmm. like this is like with with you know our playgroup is with carlton this is alex this is me this is josh we even have another guy who has seemingly infinite money and i Mm -hmm. think drew (laughs) still like is a better deck builder than that guy. And he can get every tutor that he could probably ever want. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. like Drew is a hell of an artisan. I'll give him mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. up and down and all around. That was a Sonic the Hedgehog reference. Don't um, hit a spike. So don't hit a spike. <laughs> we hit an athlete. <laughs> right. But that's the thing is like, it's um because I have done the, the lines of play where um I forget what this specific card, uh, I, I remember a game where I was playing against Alex's rogue deck, and so oh, um, it was the Peacekeeper line. It's the line I have in, in, in Alesha, where I love Peacekeeper, Peacekeeper shuts line. down combats on everyone else's turn. Mm-hmm. I sack mm-hmm. it on my upkeep, and then I bring it back. And that card makes certain decks just straight up turn off, which is why it's in the deck, because it lets Alesha win. It's got tiny little creatures. I need what I can do. <laughs> and it's literally the lines of Alex trying to do necromantic selection to both wipe my board and then steal Peacekeeper away from me. But it was the line of, it's, I, I anticipated him doing that, so I left Phyrexian uh, Tower up to sack it for mana to then give my stuff protection. And having those lines in the deck is me like going, I know that people will try to answer my cards, that's how Magic the Gathering works. But then also getting to do that and having to leave up specifically the right lands in anticipation of that line of play coming before it got back to my turn love doing that because again it's it's a very kind of crunchy uh requires a lot of stuff to go right but also requires like it, it then is a payoff for me having built the deck in a way and also having mm-hmm. played my deck mm-hmm. correctly and that's the thing that i really enjoy doing 
Yes, mm-hmm. you're you're very good at it. But I I don't think that because <laughs> I I only I think in all the times that I've built decks, at least for Commander, I think I've posted a deck list with the intent of getting suggestions maybe three times. Mm-hmm. I don't do mm-hmm. it often. I like to build in secret. I don't want to yep. tell anybody what I'm doing. If I was playing at an LGS or something and I knew that I was on some donkey bullshit, yeah. I would 100% <laughs> tell them like, hey, y'all, there's going to be some donkey going on. Mm-hmm. We're going to get a little donk. <laughs> um, and then I would tell them what the donkey is. Um, yes. But like right. for our group, I'm, I just kind of throw some stuff together and I just bring it in. And then if a donkey shows up, then, you know, put up wood for the stables. If the donkey <laughs> don't happen, then... You know, we move on to the next one of my million decks. It's just like whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. to me. Um, so no, I don't. I don't think I have too much of this. Although I do like a game. I, I and this is weird for me to say, but like the games when people do have the back and forth, like people mm-hmm. are answering each other's things over and over and over. I really like it when that happens mm-hmm. in games. Yeah. I don't want to be the one to do it. It's like <laughs> it's like if I do something, I want someone to stop me. And mm-hmm. then when the next person tries to do it, the other person stops them. And then everybody keeps stopping each other and I don't have to do it. Yeah. It's like, um, but like another one of my favorite games recently, it was a long one, but I was playing my, uh, I was playing my Planeswalkers deck. I actually got to be arch enemy, which doesn't happen to me very often. <laughs> and I just kept playing Planeswalkers wiping the board but everybody kept coming back everybody kept <laughs> squeezing back in there everybody had nope. flash for some reason and <laughs> i had to kept trying to dig for answers and they had to keep trying to dig for creatures and that was a really cool game it was a not the type of game i normally play or mm-hmm. am like leading the the fight towards normally i take a back seat to that kind of thing but that one was really cool i like how athletic games play out but mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't want anything to do with making that happen. But I want to be there. I want to be in the game. <laughs> I want to see it. Maybe I'll even let y'all yes. draw the cards you need to do it. <laughs> like, yeah, like I mean, it's it's literally like it is it is the exact payoff. Like it's I I, I am such an artisan to the fact that I only not only do I only have a hundred cards, but I have to have a hundred cards. So it's it's every card choice to me has to matter to some degree. I talked about this in a recent episode where mm-hmm. I like having to mm-hmm. actively choose to run Snowlands or a mixture of them. I love having to make that decision or there being a reason to. But it's also then the athlete part is I also like those decisions now did matter because in a game that really comes down to that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it's like, it's, I recently, um, uh, me and, uh, me and at least one other person, in our play group, I, I actually now own a fully proxied because what am I made of money, but I have a CEDH deck and it's just like, I wonder how this deck plays. And it's like in our play group of, uh, sometimes up to six players, mm-hmm. I'm not really dominant in the game. And it's also because of the type of CEDH deck that I gravitate towards, but it's a deck mm-hmm. that, has a lot of stuff that i have to do correctly each turn i have a ton of fun playing that as well and it's just it's kind of like it it makes me i don't know it makes me feel like a good magic player when i've had to do all of these things that my deck was built to do you could just cast spells for free with an omen machine though you don't even gotta i don't know that i've ever (laughs) built a deck that's let me do that that's very interesting I've built several. I yes. like doing things off of the top. I, I'd have to look through the numbers. But let's move on. The next one. Yep. And I actually think yep. that all of us have a little bit of this one. I yeah. mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. think that this, if it wasn't for what Wizards has done, 
mm-hmm. recently for Josh. Yeah. Then yeah. I definitely <laughs> think that this is where Josh would sit. This I is the Explorers. <laughs> the uh, do you want to read Explorers then, Josh? Yeah, let me hit it because because this one I was I didn't expect to see this. I was interested that this was here, and I'm happy that it is. So, um, just to give mm-hmm. the basic overview from the article. Uh, explorers have a voracious appetite for novelty and are always looking for their next fix. They don't rest and often spend time trawling through old cards to look for niche effects and underplayed synergies. Um, so they are most likely to try to make new archetypes and strategies work. Um, they're also the ones that are most likely to either take a commander who on their face is not good and try to make them good or bust out some some old cards that do not get play and show how that actually is maybe not good but at least pretty cool and yeah i i relate with that a lot um yeah like daniel said Mm -hmm. i i have my rogues deck and my defender deck uh wizards made those decks really really good when i first originally built those decks it was i thought they were neat i thought rogues being not a type of creature but a class i was like that's really weird also not very good let me see what i can do with rogues and then they got blown out of the water and turned into Mm -hmm. big good boys um but yeah i i definitely (laughs) i definitely feel this like the the traditionally johnny aspect of you look at a card and you say, Ooh, what all can I do with this? How can I make this as this, as this can be? And you, you run with that. And I, I, anytime I have, and and this has happened a few times lately and just us talking on the side, like I, I look at cards sometimes like a, like a commander, like specifically looking at like, um, prosper recently, one of the new, um, adventures in the forgotten realms face commanders Mm -hmm. from those commander decks. I looked at it and I really like what it does, but I have, I get this sinking feeling sometimes when I look at a card and I'm like, but people are going to solve this deck, aren't they? They're going to, they're going to find the right best cards to play. And it's going to be a situation where if you're not playing those cards, you're just playing a worse version of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I hate that feeling because I, I definitely want the novelty. I want to do a line that isn't, the line i want to have niftiness all my all my little own so i feel that deeply what about you guys <laughs> um i i definitely think that out of them i would say that this is my moon sign but it's like a I don't fucking I don't understand yeah. these terms. <laughs> I don't get it. I like I'm, I'm trying to glean it. Every I'm time saying... you guys say it, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? What are the suns? What's the moon? What are they doing? <laughs> Josh has clearly been out of the dating game for a long time. He has no idea what his yeah. moon sign or his ascendant is, and it know. shows. What do they do to me? <laughs> what a Taurus. Well, anyway, this is the thing is, what is a that Ford Taurus. the thing is, is like when a commander is solved and this is a thing that I don't have a problem with. I think that Josh struggles with it a lot more than me. If a commander is solved, mm-hmm. I'll just play it worse. I don't give a, I don't give a <laughs> donkey bullshit. Mm-hmm. 
It's just like, I bet there's better ways to build Rakdos the Showstopper. I ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm building a Rakdos mm-hmm. Carnival. I'm may, I, I play cards that I think would make him proud. And that is the whole <laughs> impetus of the deck. I'm yeah. like, what cards would Rakdos the Showstopper enjoy? And then, and then that's where I go. Mm-hmm. Like, you could just build worse decks. It's not hard. And then when you build them worse, just include all of the really strong mana ramp so you can do the worst thing faster than people can do their good thing. Like, mm-hmm, right. that's just my mentality. It's just like, I'll run a mana crypt and a mana vault and a soul ring if it means that I can equip Clothis with colored equipment so that I can kill someone with a Voltron Clothis because the colored equipment turned her into a creature. Yep. I know yep. that you could just jukle hops and blow up all the permanents and just have her sit on the battlefield and win with her passive trigger. And that's the way to do it. But mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I'll I think build it, the worst deck. Yeah. You just gotta I build the worst deck. And like, you build bad yeah. decks, Josh. Like, I don't <laughs> yes. understand. No, I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I figured it out. I think I think the main thing is for me, I want to find what I think is a neat answer to a question that doesn't necessarily have any answer. I, and if I find a question that it turns out there's a right answer, I don't I want to look away. I don't want to look at that question anymore. I think that's where I'm at. I I encountered that with, um, so the CDH deck that I now have is the Winota CDH deck, and I have shades of that, but I also kind of agree with Daniel as well, where uh, as soon as Winota came out, I had the idea of like, oh, okay, so naturally here, the um, the Wincon for Winota, I'm not going to say the card because it's not relevant to this conversation, but I'm like, it's hmm. uh, creatures that bring out, or human creatures that make non-human creature tokens to get the most value out of the deck. And then pretty quickly, the CEDH community latched onto that commander. And my only mm. issue with that is not that I was going to, obviously, just due to budget reasons, I was going to build the worst Winota. It's I was going to build the same Winota strategy, just worse. I don't mind <laughs> building a deck, like building a command, like the Kestia deck that I have, the enchant, the equip enchantments, is obviously worse than the pure enchantress Kestia. And I know that because I did have Kestia's Pure Enchantress for a short time, but it's, I was building, like, I don't mind that it's worse if it is different. And there are some commanders mm-hmm. that I get kind of bummed about where I'm like, the only line that I can think of is the one that people are already building a better version of, and that better version doesn't interest yeah. me. Yeah. Sure. I guess with I guess like the thing of Winota is like the trigger is very cut and dry, right? Yes. Where Prosper mm-hmm. is so open. I don't know how yeah. you can look yeah. at Prosper and be like... Like, there's so many avenues, uh-huh. and, like, yeah. you could focus on so many different things. Just It'd be like on. building the best Volo, and I'm like, the whole thing with Volo <laughs> is that it's different creature types. Maybe there's one version yeah. that's stronger, but I don't care about that. I want to run yeah, the creatures like, that I like to see. And I didn't say about, I was right about, about it. About I just said I have anxiety. So. <laughs> <laughs> um and This is a thing that I think is kind of true for all of us. We have mentioned several times on this show um, we have said the phrase, this is the ingest commander we've all been waiting for. We've said <laughs> yeah. that multiple times. All three of us have. Yeah. And so this is one of the things of like, explorers love nothing more than when a new commander or keyword opens up new pathways of mm-hmm. exploration. Mm-hmm. Whether that's getting to use an entire swath of underplayed cards or just unlocking a sweet sub-theme or a strategy in an existing build, they're keen to ride the wave and pioneer new approaches. And so that's anytime, anytime there's something that's like deal damage exile, we're just like, Ooh, this, this could be the, Ooh, this could be the one. The one? Oh, this God. could be the Injustice Messer we've all been, <laughs> we've waiting, all been for. waiting for. <laughs> and I, I think that 
I I exist here like not too long ago I built a this was before Modern Horizons 2 came and pulled a, a Josh on me I yeah. have a I had a clues and food deck that I called Health yep. Inspector and then Modern mm-hmm. Horizons 2 came out and said hey all y'all with food and clue decks here's a million cards here's a tireless <laughs> tracker for food here's a thing where if you make a food it's also a treasure and a clue like we have it you get you get to have it all Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because like this article is from the standpoint of like who wizards is designing for. And like, it's funny because like Josh is an explorer, but when wizards gives Josh the card, he doesn't yeah. want it anymore, yep. <laughs> which is really, that's, and that's a tricky thing to design for because what you want yep. to do yep. is kind of nudge the door open and not just swing it wide open, I guess, because I do think this is the most of Josh's avenue. Like, I, I can't love, say this for sure. I love frozen pizza, but I don't like it when mommy makes me frozen pizza because she wanted to make me frozen pizza. I want mommy to make frozen pizza because she tried to make spaghetti and it got ruined. And now she has to make frozen pizza. That's what I want. I need the sadness to get baked into the crust and I had to work for it. I do think, and like Drew, even you're on here with uh, Equip Champions. Equip Champions, yep. I think, mm-hmm. is a completely explorer's. Like, I think that I could pinpoint an explorer deck that all of us have. Like, and the, and the all of us have thing, one. I think so. The interesting yeah. thing with that, though, because it's also in, uh, in temperament, because it's like, because I, I uh, led the, the conversation on that on that episode. Uh, link in the description, check it out, our AFR Commander review. Uh, but mm-hmm. like, like for me, whenever I saw the Equip Champions deck, one, I think it's a unique case because I saw that deck list and I go, good, my deck is better than this. Yes. But also, like, mm-hmm. it's it, it's a double-edged sword because there is both, like, oh, this is kind of a bummer because I was going to have fun really scrounging to find all the cards for it. But also, like, because it was a deck that it already had tuned and, like, I wasn't making a ton of upgrades because I'm not just going to, like, buy the swords or whatever yeah. for it. But, like, it's mm-hmm. also a little vindicating. It's like, I knew there was a good deck here. And now that I've seen that Wizards has pushed out a product that is that deck already sealed up, it's kind of vindicating and justifying to an extent. Like, and I get that not every yeah, player okay. may feel it. Yeah, okay, I gotcha. But yeah, like, it's, I'm like, oh, I was right. I was right that this was a deck that could it's work. Like, this because is something that people it. are curious about. Senpai yeah. noticed yeah. and they built it. Yeah. So it had to be a deck that is playable. I knew it all along. I was right. And so, like, there's some shades of that. It's also, like, uh, people had cycling decks before the Jeskai cycling deck mm-hmm. or the Ikoria Commander decks came out. And so it's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. you were correct. There is a viable cycling list. Here's a deck that is that. And so there, there's some aspect of it where I think it, I think it comes down to if I felt like I was done building the deck and then it happens, I'm completely fine with it because I made it work before that. And now I get the vindication of I was correct in believing this could be a deck. Because I've now seen it like it, on the store shelf, or I've seen a, I've seen it like built by someone else as well. Uh, but if I'm in the process of building a deck and I see like a finished or a better version, that is when I were like I would get bummed about it. You get disheartened. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think it's like Drew, keeping in the theme. It's Drew it's likes like, to be the one. <laughs> yeah. It, it's no. It's, I'll, I'll let you go. I'm not saying anything good. <laughs> I don't know if I am either, but it's it's like if you you're an explorer, you're an explorer, okay, and you go into a place and you're drawing out a map, and that feels good because you like exploring. You're Indiana Jones, yeah. and if someone else comes along and they're like, "Dude, yeah, this place is dope. Check out my hand drawn map that I've been working on too." It's like, 
ah, nice. I didn't find that particular cave with the jade jewels in it. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. a neat aspect I missed. But if the government comes in and says, we have satellite images of the whole area. Here it is. (laughs) This is what it is. That's where you're like, well, I guess I'm done here. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, this And this might be a topic for another episode, but Josh, what, I guess my question to that is what would you, what would you suggest? Do you, because I, mm. once again, I do think that me and Drew kind of splash around in this puddle a little bit, but you drown in it. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think, do you think that the issue is when wizards makes a commander for this kind of thing? Or do you think it's when they make. Like, do you wish hmm. that there wasn't a legendary in the zone that just outright does the thing and there should just be more pieces? Like, there should be Academy manufacturer, but there should be no Lewis. Uh-huh. There shouldn't be a guy that's just constantly making clues that you can do all the yeah. things for. Like, what is what do you think it should be? I I, I think you're definitely on to something there because it's like um, thinking about going Arcades, the strategist, defenders that can attack. Arcades has that effect on him. And I mean, that has already, well, let me think. I mean, Doran made things deal damage equal to their toughness, not their power, but he didn't let defenders attack. So Arcades does that Mm. exactly. And then on top of that, you also draw a card whenever you cast a defender. It just, that makes it to where if you're going defenders and you want them to attack, Arcades does 100% of it. They can attack. They're dealing their toughness power. On top of all that, you're drawing a card. Um, yeah, if you if you had commander options where there were like three good defender commander options, each one did an aspect or maybe a couple aspects of that, then there's different avenues to take it. But it definitely hurts the worst when it's like, Wizard says, this is this is the one. I, this is the best there is. It's better than anything that came before. If you want to do the thing, this is all of it. And that did also happen with when they released Anawan the Ruin Thief. I was running Sig River Cutthroat as my commander because I really felt like I needed the card draw because the deck was real dookie when I first built it. Um, but then Anawan... <laughs> Anawan does better card draw... It's rogue tribal specifically. It buffs all the rogues. He covers it better and more. That does feel bad. Because, yeah, if they release cards, just individual, not a, not the commander, not a legendary creature, that's real, real, real nice for whatever specific deck archetype there is, that is still one in your 99. That doesn't solve your deck. That doesn't blow it wide open. That is just another card to add. So I, I do think you're on to something okay. there with just don't have it be the perfect commander every time. I'm going to ask you one more question and then we'll wrap it up because at this okay. point I'm just curious and I don't know when we'll be able to just justify another episode of you explaining <laughs> what is yeah. wrong with Explorers, the new archetype that a lot, not a lot of people know about. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Okay, so coin flips. Coin flips yes. were a deck that mm. people had built coin flip decks and mm-hmm. we finally mm-hmm. got dedica- dedicated commanders with Zender Split and Okan. And the thing yeah. was, is that you were unique in your playgroup if you had a coin flip deck. But if you were uh-huh. ever in a playgroup that ever had another coin flip deck, you were not unique. It was Zender Split <laughs> and Ocon. Yeah. And then, later on, they made Krark, who has partner, 
and you can run uh-huh. Krark uh-huh. with anybody. Who and he is a coin yep. flip commander. And then recently in um, Modern Horizons two, they have mm-hmm. another coin flip mm-hmm. commander. So my mm-hmm. question is, does it solve the issue to give you multiple options for the niche thing, or once you have that many commanders, is it no longer niche at all, and it's just like every other kind of uh, every other mm. kind of archetype at that point? Like, is it better to have the one option for the really bizarre thing or to have it not be bizarre because now there's so many different options? Like, as as an explorer, mm. like, mm-hmm. what do you think mm-hmm. about that? My default is I'm happy if there are different lines potentially in the command zone for it. Like, A, especially when you're talking about someone having partner, you can go different colors, and that's that's huge not being stuck to one yeah. set of colors. Um, man, I mean, it's hard to answer because like, it seems like some things are going to be like commander down. You see the neat commander you built around it. Other things are going to be, you got the theme and then you try to find a commander that does that the best. So that's, that's yeah. going to matter. Um, I think in the, in, in the, feel bads situation that I am talking about specifically that I have experienced in my life and been hurt by. I, I built the deck <laughs> uh, uh, bottom up to up to the commander. I had the thing I wanted to do and then I'm looking for the commander for it. And that's the one where it feels bad when they make just the commander that is the thing to do for that. That feels bad because I built the whole building and and they capped it off there at the end as if as if I did nothing. And they didn't even credit me mm-hmm. for making their deck. Gotcha. I I made their rules. And I guess that makes I sense. That. that makes sense because even in my example with the coin flips, like uh-huh. the one guy is like he either can give you potentially an omniscience or he will kill you. Like the, <laughs> uh-huh. the newest one from Modern Horizons 2. And then Krark is a spell slinger coin flip deck. And then O'Connor uh-huh. and Zender split are like this weird, you know, they're just a, a weird. So even though there are multiple coin flip commanders, mm-hmm. I don't know which one is actually the best of all of them because they yeah. all kind of are doing a different kind of thing. Like one of them giving you a potential omniscience on turn three. Hey, <laughs> super good and super strong. You drew a bunch of cards. Or you take 10 damage. (laughs) Whoop. And then Krark is just like, hey, that's a cool spell you cast. You either get it twice or you spend five mana and put it back in your hand. (laughs) Like, like, I don't know what the objective correct answer, especially because the variance is built in so you can never 100% say because you can only 50% say. Like, that's just how it's baked in. So, yeah, that's really Mm -hmm. interesting. Okay, that's a fun thing. We need to try to work that out into a broader thing. But um, essentially, Mm -hmm. that's our episode. What do you think about these four archetypes that are more so for Commander? Do you think you vibe with any of those? Do you think that those kind of encompass multiple aspects of all of the um, different types of, uh, you know, Timmy, Johnny, Spike, as we said before? Do you think Timmy, Johnny, and Spike is essentially like not even worth considering when you're playing commander because the multiplayer aspect just changes so much of it anyway. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. just let mm-hmm. us know what what do you think that you'd be slotted into? What's your sun sign? What's your moon? What's sign? your ascendant? Oh. What's your moon? What is that? And what does it mean? Someone tell me. Someone in the comments uh, inform me. Educate me. I don't know. No one's going gonna to. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not going to tell you. Know. In fact, don't go in the comments and do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and not yeah. at all. <laughs> but Get uh, out of the I, comments. Get out of there. I think that that wraps up this episode. So as Drew always says on Demonstrate the Loop. We have now demonstrated the loop. We will now move to the end step. And concede. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Nice. Which Sleep book tight. was it? <laughs> wait, wait. What book? Oh, no. What? <laughs> <laughs>